0: Hey, hey, Kevin McGee. Um, sweat.
1: You still out uh, on the balcony?
0: I'm gonna, I'm gonna make my way there. I'm trying to get a headset here plugged in.
1: Gotta have that good audio quality.
0: I'm trying to get some good audio quality. I need your, I need your voice pumped directly into my earbuds. That's what
1: all the men of Brooklyn tell me. <laughs>
0: Can you hear me? Okay. I can. Oh, my guy. All right. So where are we at? What's going on? Well, you don't want to talk about COVID, do you? Uh, well, I'm I'm happy to if that's if that's the topic if that's uh, how we're gonna start this off. But I'm I'm not sure that it's the uh, I'm not sure that that it's the, the distillation of the problem. If I'm honest.
1: Well, let's go straight to that uh, nice maple syrup then. And what is the distillation of the problem?
0: That's a big question. Um, I think that that there are certain things that that were being shown in this this crisis, in this moment. And just the mere fact that uh, we are so inclined to to download or to FaceTime or to you know whatever it is that we're doing to um, to connect. I think the distillation of the problem is actually a, it's it's a much more human and communication problem. Um, we I think for too long have been engaging in this very surface way and not realizing how fundamental it was to our human being. And then when it gets taken away, then, you know, like how many times have you called your mother in the last week or a lot? You know what I'm saying? Like how many times have you tried to FaceTime like that friend of yours that you didn't talk to in six months? Like there's, uh, there's human condition that's being magnified, which is our lack of connection. It's being magnified by the lack of physical connection. And it's something that we've taken for granted, uh, just ahead of this moment. And immediately we're, we're back in the throes of, Oh, I need to self shelter. Okay. Well, how do I do that? And then, uh, am I essential? And should there be a job for me? And like, you know, we have been thrown into this absolute, um, unknown space and that to me is the most interesting thing that we're kind of grappling with right now and uh even the technology that's coming through for us be it uh, via facetime or be it uh you know I, I think i downloaded two different apps today one is house party and the other is uh this thing called marco polo with like a beach ball as it's uh as its app sort of signature. And, and what that evokes is like you're in a pool and y'all are just passing this beach ball back and forth and it's this easier way to kind of like send somebody a video. I mean, I don't know if people are using Snapchat, the kids are on TikTok, but those are largely, uh, you know, I put this out into the world and then people consume it. Now we're seeing this, this uh, like, I, I need somebody to talk to situation. <laughs> and then, you know, the world is responding to that, I think, in a really interesting way.
1: So breaking it down, you downloaded two apps, you called your mom, you FaceTimed somebody you haven't talked to in six months. That's just today
0: or this week. What
1: does this mean for you going forward?
0: Well, I think it, it, it really does. It, <laughs> that's the bit, right? Like, do are we able to take this forced perspective and turn it into our new reality or do we just use this two three four month moment to engage with people in this manner and then uh dispose of that engagement and not learn anything from it i think um for me personally i would hope that uh my learning out of this period is that actually what's most important to me in this life that I've got, which you know has a period on it at some point, and that could be tomorrow or it could be 80 years from now, probably not because I'm a 35 year old person. but <laughs> but the, the point of it is, is like, how, like what is actually most important? And when faced with a crisis, we might be able to identify that in a way that we're, we didn't identify it previously. So uh, hopefully, uh, we we take less for granted on a daily basis. Hopefully we are um, understanding the way in which we engage with people now is the way that we ought to engage with people on a regular basis. Hopefully we can carve out time of our, quote, busy schedules, you know, to have lunch with somebody, it, be it digitally, virtually, or whatever, instead of going and plugging our you know, our lily ears with some silly podcast that's going to make us laugh, but isn't going to enrich uh, our our um, in-person experience at all. I mean, the thing that I think about is like, all right, well, what happens um, if we go back to work, say, tomorrow, right? And I go to lunch, and instead of calling a friend, I go and uh, listen to a lecture uh, a, Via some podcast. So, well, which is actually more important? Educating oneself? I mean, fairly educated person myself. But I don't know that I necessarily need um, the voiceover or engaging with the people uh, who could help you feel better about yourself, about, you know, your, um, your situation position within uh, the context of a a friend group or uh, whatever it is, and then, and then also the opportunities for education within that same friend group, like, you know, we look so often to um, to other means to kind of feel connected and I'm just not sure that we've really been focused on the right thing. Or, uh... What makes you think that one is more
1: right than the other? I guess that's what I'm trying to understand as you're talking this through. Because one thing I'm thinking about is, do you listen to that lecture during your lunch break because you had so much human contact in your work day that you need to vary mm. that. You, you mm. need a change of pace. And w- we are reaching out so much right now because of the lack of human contact in the normal everyday activity. My, my normal everyday activity now is shelter in place. Like I'm just not interacting with a variety of human beings in the same sort of way that I was before. And so I guess what I don't want to do is condemn what I was doing pre-COVID and prize what I'm doing mid-COVID as I think that they're both uh, fair and good responses to the environment presented to me. All
0: right, so uh, first, I, I take your point, and um, I think it's a handsome one, but the what I would say about that is that, uh, you know, the when you listen to, uh, say, a, a podcast or some... Uh, mindful meditation something or other or whatever it is that gets you through your lunch it's it's uh it's a one-way form of communication so you might feel good about it but uh you've not confronted any of the um any of the issues that you're actually dealing with necessarily you've uh really just absorbed content that's coming from another source and when you have um the former conversation that we are having a, you know, even at the moment, uh, I think what's what's important to note about that is that it's, uh, it's two-way, that there is, um, you know, I need to now form new sentences to respond to what it is that you've created in my world, right? Like, I don't have an opportunity to, you know, jump in when a uh, comedian is interviewing another comedian, even though I love that format and I'm enjoying it so much. Like, I, you know, I, I have no way of knowing, um, whether or not, you know, I'm not contributed to that situation at all. And what I guess I'm saying is that like, you know, if I took that opportunity instead to call my good friend, CK and say, Hey dude, what's up? Like what's new in your world? How's it going? Then you could tell me a thing that I didn't know. Uh, we would be, you know, we might make plans to go to dinner then on Tuesday and see one another, you know, in this uh, other format where we could, you know, be more socially engaged. And I just think that that is a somewhat more interesting form of, uh, you know, engaging with the world in which we live. And I think it's problematic that there are so many outlets, but, as an outlet it's it you you're not you're not expending any energy it's all just like it's just inputs do you know what i mean and they you don't have an opportunity to respond and if you do it's a comment on this or that um you know be it instagram or facebook and you're you're in the middle of the comments and um, you know it's a stream of four thousand things and you're going to go like what is my significance and i think that um what what we'll find is that there's much more significance in um, the one-to-one relationships that we have with people than there is in the the world of social media or otherwise that are just so separate from everything.
1: I want to unpack this a little bit. And first and foremost, when you and I have a conversation, oftentimes the angles or approaches we're coming from have been informed by those very podcasts that we've been listening to.
0: And cer- you and I are true. Yeah. I agree.
1: And you you and I oftentimes forward these podcasts to each other. And so I'm not completely buying this notion that calling me up during your lunch break pre listening to a podcast is gonna do either of us much good. And I would argue that if you can continue to learn when you're not working and whether it be a lecture or smart people talking about a subject that you're interested in, and then you have the intention that, Hey, this is something I'd now like to talk over with my friend CK that that would be the better order of operations. And so it's not about just calling me up because you have some free time to chat because perhaps that would lead to a dinner date later in the week. I think that we can still let our brains and souls rest after an extended period of work, but then have a little bit more intention about making plans with people, because I don't think it's oftentimes even the, the quantity of time engaging with friends, but oftentimes the quality of that engagement. <laughs>
0: I, I mean, I can't disagree with anything that you've said, but what i what I would say is that i I'm, I don't look at this as a black and white sort of situation. what i do experience it on is rather a spectrum right and I can tell you that uh in these uh i don't know what do you call it a trying time in the in this very weird period in which we're living um you know it's this is a it, it is a completely different situation, and what we've had the opportunity to do uh whether it is that you're out of work or not, like we've connected, uh, inevitably with more people than we probably would have otherwise. And I do think that that's a positive thing. So what, what I would hope is, uh, you know, for sure, like, do you think that I'm going to stop listening to podcasts? you think I'm going to stop absorbing information? Absolutely. I sure hope not. Absolutely not. You know what I mean? I, I'm not saying it's one or the other, but I do think that we could prioritize, um, that we could prioritize the human connection that we can, uh, you know, look at like, Oh, well, who haven't I talked to in a little while? Or, um, you know, I think what, what this will do is put an exclamation mark on, um, I might send you something, but that's because I know that you're interested in it, but now I might engage with a somewhat larger audience because I've spoken to them in the last week. And that I think is a little bit more powerful. Like, well, maybe this, maybe this is relevant to this larger audience, this podcast that I listen to. And how, how do I get that out to them? Well, pretty simply via text. Like, you know, But I wouldn't necessarily engage with those same people were I not focused on engaging with them separately uh, on a daily. So I don't know. I, I, I take your point, and I think it's reasonable. But I do think that uh, what this uh, current environment engenders is uh, a, a priority for people uh, over a priority for, um, you know, consumption. And if we can take that and say, well, these two things ought to be married and you, you, uh, consume probably at the same level that you were consuming before, but instead of maybe taking, taking your lunch and listening to a, um, you know, an egregious or, uh, silly podcast between one person and another, you take that, that other one that you'd listen to and you send it to a really good friend who might benefit from it. And that's a friend that you maybe FaceTimed in the last, in the last week, because that was like, uh, a more of a priority for you than it was, you know, prior to this, uh, sort of viral situation that we're dealing with. Does that make any sense?
1: No, yeah, I, th- I think it does make sense, but as a practical matter, What are you doing to set yourself up to be the better person you want to be post-COVID? For example, will you put a reminder into your calendar to, that you know, at 1 p.m., your normal lunchtime, to send a text every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday to a friend you haven't spoken with in a while? Like, what structures can you do so it's not just a change in your heart, it's actually a change in your practice?
0: Sure. And I think, uh, uh, you bring up a good point. I've done, I've done next to nothing. I did put a, um, a weekly calendar reminder to call my mother, but that's been, perfect. That's I've great. Been, but I've been calling her on a bi daily or, uh, you know, every other day sort of basis. So, uh, That's, that's the one maybe functional thing that I've done uh, in order to, to attempt to (laughs) change behavior, but surely there, there are more things, right? Like, um, I don't know. I mean, What else would be on your list? Well, well, you could structure, I would, I I, I would, I would counter that and just say like, what, what do you suggest? Like, have you, have you done any of those things and and how do you see COVID affecting your, your practices going forward? Because I just don't, I don't, I I don't necessarily know um, what, what is the right Avenue, but I do know that I'm in much closer contact to a whole handful of people that I, that I hadn't been and all friends of mine. And, you know, you realize you've got this community of like, let's call it on on the larger end, like 800 people who follow you on Instagram and uh, 20 people who are texting you concerned about uh, how you're feeling and whether or not your health is at risk. And then uh, five or so people that you um, feel like, Oh, I'm walking by your apartment. I can talk to you and, you know, have that moment. Like what, what would you do? And, and has this compelled you to, uh, to want to change something? Or do you feel like, no, well, well, once this is quote unquote over, then we'll go on to business as usual. Also in quotations, like, I just don't get it. Like, I feel like we are in a, we are in a moment that, uh, will certainly engender change. And, and, uh, you know, I haven't necessarily done that, uh, personally, apart from, uh, that calendar invite, but, but, I don't know. Do you have any suggestions for that or is it just is, is this just the new the new normal? Where are we at with that? For me, I don't
1: have any post-COVID resolutions as of right now. But I think the reason for that is that I have been living a very unstructured professional life for the last 6 years. Okay. And so when I stopped having a day job with a boss in that sort of accountability, I struggled for many, many years in order to optimize what was my daily life. And so I have always been thinking through the questions that you're facing right now just in different degrees.
0: Well, but even, so, within, even within that, you have a, a girlfriend who is actually going through that, right? So has that structured your um, your position, are you thinking about that at all? Or are you just you know, are you just self-sheltering with a girlfriend and assuming that life is gonna to return to normal and, and no practices or or whatever will change? I mean
1: well Amanda is working from home. So Monday through Friday we have one long desk our Computers are ass to ass, so to speak. Sure. And.
0: Oh, you've shoved the desk she works. Away, away from the wall.
1: We took the, the long desk away from the wall. I'm at one far end. She's at the other far end. It's up against the window. <laughs> and. And. she's wor- She just works. Like, she, she just has been nonstop working. Yeah. Since, since this. Uh, shelter. And pl- quasi shelter in place started. And so. I haven't heard anything from her about, boy, I'm really going to try to change things once I go back to work. She is just eager to have the opportunity to get back to work because in interior design, the materials that she is picking through for her clients require so much tactile interaction, much of which is not possible in a virtual scenario.
0: Sure. But, so, tell me, but, but tell me, even within that, within that context, like, you know, it, it, are the prospects of whether or not her job, uh, are, uh, or is rather, um, you know, at risk come into question as, uh, the, it is not actually. That, okay. So yeah, I mean, may, maybe we're, I don't know. We might be in different scenarios. Like, look, I'm my, i live with and I'm dating a, uh, somebody who works for a more or less a travel agency. This is, is the company that, uh, Tiffany works for basically, um, books, uh, first class and business class airfare to, you know, internet, only international first class and business class airfare. So, for that to be the case and for her to not know necessarily whether or not she's going to get a paycheck next week, like, you know, it can be a fucking problem. And what I would, what I would ask of you, I think uh, ultimately is, you know, have you, have you found yourself on a FaceTime with Amanda's family where you'd never done that before? Have you been FaceTiming with Amanda's friends that she hasn't maybe talked to in in that same amount of time? Like what, is your experience with um her self-sheltering as well like you know because i can tell you that i've seen um tiffany's dad and stepdad uh twice this week right and it's thursday and uh her mom just yesterday and in fact the, the we were on a video call on that blue jean call and i went into the kitchen in order to refill my wine but then got stuck in a conversation with her mother in Colombia, And I can't remember the last time that we talked to her mom, you know, but like what this is doing is actually, and I think it's positive. So I don't mean to, um, to make it seem like, you know, negative things. I, I, I think it's so fucking positive that all of us are just going like, Hey, how are you doing? Like, what's going on with you? Because in, in the world of, um, you know, social media and the way in which CKU and I interact even, uh, in a, in a general manner is that we'll send each other Instagram videos and it's like people getting, you know, you know, falling off of stuff or punched in the face or this hilarious meme that we sent. And it's like, that's great. Like, I love our, our, uh, interaction over social media, but what this highlights for me is that I fucking miss you. I mean, I walked by your apartment today and I called you so you could scream out the window <laughs> and, and that's what I did. Right, exactly. And that's something I wouldn't generally do. So, like, how, how great mm. is that? How great is that? Well, I, I, might, I might generally do you it, but did, I go by you, your apartment. Yeah. I, I, look, I go by your apartment <laughs> more times than I contact you when I go by your apartment, okay? <laughs> so that's fair. I'm just saying, I've been by your apartment a bunch of times. You live about a half a block away from me or a block and a half away from me, rather. But, you know, today I felt compelled to call you. And, in, and 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 like that what what isn't positive about that? It's like oh god! Like now I now I'm starting to appreciate all of those little, um, you know, those little influences and those those wonderful friends that I'd had and made and you know spent a, a New Year's with or whatever it is. And you know I, I'll give you a perfect example. There was this kid Ryan Webb, great great fucking guy. I don't mean to say kid; he just turned thirty. But I met him through a mutual friend. And then Ryan and I maintained connection via text. Now, I just texted Ryan and his girlfriend, Anna, who are like live in. And I was like, hey, what's up? Like, how you doing? And then we had cocktails just the other night over FaceTime. And then he was like, yo, me and the boys bought an Xbox. I'm like, who are the boys? And I know one of them, this guy Garrison. We'd gone to um, some party where he was at. He's like, oh, it's Garrison. And this other guy, I don't know, let's call him Billy. Uh and he's like, We all just bought Xboxes. We don't even know what to do with ourselves. And I was like, Fuck it, I'm gonna buy an Xbox. So three days ago, I bought an Xbox and yesterday I unpacked the thing and then last night I was up until four AM playing Tekken Seven and I don't even know what yeah. happened to my life. But like this is just a person that I know kind of, right? Like I've hung out with him like four or five times and he's a really wonderful guy but now I have this community that I didn't have before and we're all going to hop on and play call of duty, you know, like what, I mean, what in the actual fuck is going on? But also like, how wonderful is that? And I think it's really important to kind of like sink our teeth into it and to understand that this is fundamentally changing the way in which we communicate with one another. And if there's a possibility that when, when we return to normal life, that we could take it forward, then I think that that would be an important thing to do because like, you know, I I, I would, may never have talked to those people again. But instead, I'm sat there playing video games with them and going like, hey, does every does anybody have a cough? Are we all, you know, is everybody healthy? Are things good over there? How's your girlfriend doing? Like, those, these are great questions to ask <laughs> and shit that I might not have considered previously. So I just think that that, that might be an important aspect of what it is that we're going through that 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 ought to be highlighted and and celebrated
1: couple things
0: oh boy i had mentioned
1: i had mentioned that it'd been a work in progress since i started my own business six years ago and just always tinkering right always trying to figure out a way to optimize do better and Mm -hmm. so Right prior to COVID, I actually made two kind of big changes for me. And a lot of people out there are gonna laugh when I say this, but I deleted the chess app from my phone because for I'd say six months, maybe even longer, the chess app had been a bit of a problem for me. I was playing upwards of four or five hours a day. Yeah, you. I,
0: I came over and you were making moves. Yeah. When we're trying to have conversations. And I'm like, what is going on? He's like, oh, yeah.
1: Chess. All right. So right right prior to COVID, I deleted this app that was sucking up so much of my time and mental and emotional energy. Mm -hmm. And it was really hard for me to cut it out. And I did. And then I also at the same time decided to limit – the amount of time I spent on Instagram, so I put a thirty-five minute limit on Instagram.
0: Well, the other thing I—the o- other thing—I'm sorry to interrupt, but the other thing that you did was you deleted a lot of the accounts that you follow, or you stopped following. I you followed a whole That's series right. of accounts, and so when I send I you when I send you stuff, <laughs> you used to follow the accounts. Like, <laughs> I don't. but you screenshot it? And it's very annoying, but I get where you're coming from. So go ahead. The
1: idea being that. I found the amount of time I was dedicating to chess and to memes, the time far outstripped the return I got on it. And so I was getting a very low return on chess because it wasn't social. I was playing against strangers on the internet. These... Uh, one-minute, three-minute, five-minute, ten-minute chunks of time that would just stack up on top of each other. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't gaining any sort of sociality from that. And Instagram, it was fun to send you memes and my friend Erica down in the Bahama memes. And I have all these weird little groups that we have similar senses of humor, and we send them around. And that was great, but there were real diminishing returns on just the amount of time that I would spend watching ski videos or that I would watch videos of kids falling down and I, crying.
0: I can't agree and with you more. I agree. I agree.
1: And so and so I just said to myself, I can max out on the social function of this by sharing these the conversations that I have with you and Erica and the others. But after 35 minutes, it's diminishing returns. Well, I... Go ahead. I'll
0: let you finish your point. No, no. So
1: the idea idea being that I hear that you are forming bonds with people, but through the medium of video games, and then it's 4 a.m., and you're kind of laughing to yourself. Boy, where did the time go? I find that troubling and I know myself well enough that that's something that I would not want to be an outlet for me well, because I think it would ultimately be destructive.
0: So let me jump in here because what I think is that that, that is um, that is one uh, small percentage of what I've done ever in my entire life and you know, uh, surely if we looked at that on uh, the scope and scale of 10 years, we can understand that like, I I don't even know how to play video games. Right. So I did it for five hours last night. And you know, w- whatever that, that will not be the, the habit moving forward. What I'm, what I'm actually um, most interested in is, um, this concept of diminishing returns, which I tend to agree with. I don't know that necessarily waking up and checking Instagram and then finding a meme, um, and then sending it to a friend uh I, I i don't i I can't really package that I don't understand it so when when you know it sounds like you have some metric uh against which you're or or uh, uh, about which you're you're creating value in your life or or understanding rather value in your life like i, I don't know that, that it's that like I've contemplated uh deleting Instagram because I know that I use it in um in the same way that uh, a handicapped person uses a crutch right like it's it's this thing where i'm like i don't know what to do with myself and then i open it up like i'm taking a shit or i'll open up instagram or even i'll be at work and i'm fucking bored as fuck and i need to laugh so i open up instagram and i i wonder what my life necessarily would look like if i were to eliminate that but what i would i uh, what I can't necessarily measure and what I challenge you to, to actually measure is uh, you know, are you happier without it or has it contributed in some way to, you know, if I could smile, even for a split second you know, I've, I've scrolled through, let's, let's call it a minute, like I've scrolled through a uh, hundred uh, Insta fucking posts and then in that minute, I get two, like, literal guttural laughs. Like, <laughs> I've got to send this to CK. I'm not sure that that's a negative thing. But when you engage with it, uh, you know, to the tune of something like four hours, for sure. Now you've got a problem, right? So if it becomes addictive and it's uh, part of your routine, then maybe. But, like, there there is this thing where, you know, it doesn't have to be again like black and white. We can figure out where on the spectrum each one of these things um, is, uh, you know, uh, gains its its importance. And what I think this current moment is doing for us is uh, providing a venue where, like, oh, you know, I I had a call with my boss as a for instance today, and we didn't have to video call, but we did right? Like, and I get to see her face and like, you know, she is talking to me and I, you know, like her kid comes into the picture and he's like, mommy, I want to make a, uh, you know, a balloon. And, and she's like, I, I don't know well, what's the basket going to be. And so the kid goes and digs into the trash and he finds like a paper plate. And then she's like, Hey, don't get, don't get into the, Oh God. He's in the trash. Hold on a second. <laughs> you know? And, and I think that this is like, you know, the sort of shit, where, you know, we, we can hear kind of what's going on. That's one, that's one thing. And if we can start to see it and really, like, gauge one another's interaction and, you know, understand what their facial expressions is, I mean, it's the difference between texting and calling somebody. And I think what we've started to do as a society and I might be wrong about this, but we want to see one another's facial features. We want to know how it is that they're reacting to certain stuff. I made a presentation on Thursday to a group of people, and uh, you know they they hadn't seen any of this material uh, prior to this, and I'm just you know some guy who works for SoulCycle, who's you know trying to design what what a showroom space might look like. But when I'm doing that it was so beneficial to see what their reactions were. So I could say like, Hey, look, we can keep it or we could completely fucking scrap it. Like just understand. And then I get a laugh or a smile or like a grin and I go like, "Ah, now I've got them. Do you know what I mean? Like they're on board, but, and it's only by virtue of being on this video call. And that I think is a really powerful thing. And it's something that we're starting to understand about this whole crisis is that like, You know, FaceTime is fucking important, and it's something that we take for granted. So that would be my argument, I guess, uh, 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 against whether or not we, you know, engage with one thing or another. Well, don't do it obsessively, but maybe we don't need to cut it out entirely because there is value in that connection. It's just not as valuable as the um, the other avenues. That we found i think there's value in a video game connection where you could like talk to your friends while you're you know shooting people in the face but there's also like you know it's not going to be my whole life you know i'm not going to play fucking tekken 7 uh until 4 a.m every night for the rest of my days you know I'm, i've got a lot better shit to do and i want to affect the world in a much better way than that and if, if that uh if that's not clear, then I'm not sure what else.
1: I think a lot of what we're discussing here boils down to the gap between our intentions and our actions. And I intended to play less chess, but the only way I could do that was deleting it. I intended Interesting. To, Interesting. I, you know I intended to spend less time on Instagram. And I found that if I set a limit of 35 minutes and got a reminder at that point, then that was enough. And it could kind of shake me out of the stupor that sometimes I find myself in. And also knowing that I only had 35 minutes, that in the back of my mind worked as a hedge. And that hedge would be, oh, I'm not going to just default to mindless scrolling. My time on Instagram was going to be a lot more intentional.
0: Intentional, and yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. It, it, which is funny to say about Instagram, but, but the fact is it was such my default position. Chess and Instagram were my two defaults when I wasn't doing anything else and I wasn't getting enough from that. And I would much rather have my default be the New Yorker app reading an article about well, something that I can learn more about the world. Well, so, tell, Lord, so tell me,
0: to, to that end, do you feel like your situation has been vastly improved by your deletion or uh, limitation of those two apps? Yes.
1: 100%. Gotcha.
0: Uh, and, I, and, I, and, I have been and, markedly
1: and, happier without chess in my
0: life. Right. And what have you done uh, of late to prescribe that exact same situation to uh, the other folks in your life who are uh, well-intentioned, but you know, are engaging with each one of these things on a daily, right? Like, I, I would say that you never reached out to me and been like, hey, man, like, maybe you should limit your Instagram shit to 35 minutes because it's really helped me.
1: I don't want to be that guy. Yeah,
0: I know it's me.
1: I just don't want to be that guy. Like, like, like everybody's got to make their own choices about how to do things better. If someone came to me, and it was asking for life advice and saying, hey, look, I'm, I'm trying to accomplish this. Then you know, we'd sit down and look through the portfolio of actions that make up their day. And you know we might put more assets into, into some actions and less into others. But I would never sort of without provocation tell you, Kevin, or anybody else, I'm doing less Instagram, and you should do less Instagram, also.
0: Yeah, I guess I, it's not really the point, but I guess something. Um, there is there. Is what, something. what is the point, though? Well, look, I think that there there's something to learn from um, from each one of these. Uh, you know, particularly your limitation of social media or, or chess or whatever uh, it is. There's there's something to learn from it, and you've chosen to broadcast, um, you know, something out into the world right this uh these conversations with uh doctors or uh folks who've been traveling or affected or uh whatever it is but you haven't chosen to broadcast these other things and i wonder i guess in um you know if we could zoom out of the uh the issue in the first place like what what really is the podcast about because you're you're perfectly willing to um, to broadcast a, a thoughtful conversation between you and another, uh, but that thoughtful conversation hasn't um, hasn't dove into some of the other learnings that you've had, or you know, do you get what I'm getting at? I, I know that I'm not being uh, you know particularly, no uh, pointed I do. with my remark, but and the
1: honest, holistic answer is the podcast is a response to a devastating loss of professional opportunities this spring with COVID. In uh, an understanding great, great that part. my business has been completely decimated yeah. and the financial harm it's inflicted upon me is ongoing. And in order to deal with the psychological, emotional fallout of that, I have decided to fill my time with an endeavor, a project that I hope will have some residual benefits. But even if it doesn't, there is a lot of... I just find... Spiritual solace in dedicating myself to recording these interviews on a minute-to-minute, hour-by-hour, day-by-day basis in these very trying times. And so to your specific question or the, the implication behind your question, hey, you have this form, you're talking to people, uh, You know, maybe why hasn't this come up before? The honest answer is I'm still finding my voice. This is my twenty-fifth interview in the last two weeks.
0: Oh wow. It took you I'm, twenty it took you twenty-five to get to me. Great. It
1: it did. Uh, <laughs> thank goodness for house party and I you know. walking by my I apartment. Know. Fucking God's sake. Great. Yeah. One mistake I made was I reached out to a celebrity friend of mine who has over two million followers on Instagram and asked her if she would come on and she politely declined and she was right to do so. But I wish I had gotten a lot more reps underneath my belt before I'd asked her because there might only be one opportunity to ask her and I would have been much better positioned. I mean, she probably would have declined anyways and I totally get it, but I had a chance to interview Shane Battier uh, early on, I was really excited to do so, but I'm a better interviewer now, 25 in. I'm better at the sound quality, I'm better at all these things, and I still have so far to go. I now edit out a lot of this stuttering and stammering when I can. And oh it's been interesting to yeah. me. Please help me out. <laughs> it's pronounced for me. I had a really bad speech impediment as a child, and the first time I ever did an auction. My mom tuned in, it was live streamed, and she said, I didn't recognize your voice. And what I'm I thought I was gonna be able to transpose really easily being an auctioneer into this format and what I quickly realized was that I talk at 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 audiences when I auction, but I have to speak with people on these interview shows and it's not been as easy as of a switch for me as I had hoped, but in this process, I'm learning and I'm developing different skill set. and At the same time, I'm keeping myself sane while we quasi shelter in place.
0: Right. Well, look, I think that that's um, that's one of the most important bits, and uh, you know, I'm not sure that the line of questioning even that uh, that has just transpired is is one that's of particular interest to anybody. I do. I do um, think that. Your focus on the coronavirus let's say is uh is limiting your talents to much much broader um, social and 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 just generally human issues and that is the thing that I wanted to highlight here with you because like You know, you you could talk about the coronavirus all day, CK, and I tuned into one of your podcasts and it was interesting. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not diminishing at all what it is that you're doing. But what I do want to encourage you to do is talk about other larger human issues because you're fucking great at that, too. So, like, you know, make sure that you tear into some other stuff. Go, like, you know, well, how's your mother? Right? Like, Yeah. How are things, how are things going with you? Why is it, why is life tough for you? You know, what's the, and we could, we could do it under the, under the umbrella of COVID, but like, you know, we could, we could also talk about what are the, what are the implications? Like what, what is the knock-on effect? How does it, um, how does it touch all of your friends? Surely it's, it's um, pretty fucking massive. I mean, we've got, Jeff Lincoln over at outdoor voices, not, not a great spot at the moment, you know, retail, uh, operation, fucking Warby Parker, all of these things. I mean, everybody's going to struggle. And I'd be curious to know the underlying human issues that, um, that touch these people. And so I think that that's something that you could get into, uh, you know, pretty readily and that you're well-equipped to do, um, emotionally and, that I think could, could reframe exactly what this podcast is about Do you know what I mean
1: I like that I am going to lead with that idea in my interviews going forward
0: and then additionally like when you say that you may have lost this person to you know having asked her too early and then you know your inability to really interview well disagree Maybe at, um, at this point, currently, she hasn't taken it seriously enough, hasn't taken you seriously enough uh, as an interviewer, but I don't think that the opportunity is lost, right? Because you can always ask again.
1: That is true. No, you are right that the opportunity is not necessarily lost, but I think back to the naivete of that very early the invitation request. <laughs> Right. On my part. And yeah. if I were in her shoes, I would have said no also. But I'm just learning. And I'm filling time. And I'm keeping myself from going crazy.
0: Right. Well, so um, tell me uh, what the... Uh, God, there are so many things that I want to know. But what what are the um, the obvious mental health impacts that you've had given your, say, uh, financial degradation, the, um, prospect of work having eroded, like, how are you feeling like what's going on with you? And is anybody asking you that question?
1: Well, how about this? We have just entered minute 48 of this discussion. Let's, let's use that as an excuse to jump on a call early next week and explore that a little bit more. I love that. Perfect. Hey, buddy. Thanks so much for carving out some time to talk to me today. I really appreciate it. Hey, thanks for having me, man. And let's make this an ongoing conversation and we'll be intentional about making time for it.
0: I don't don't mind if I do.
1: Enjoy your day. Be safe.
0: Thanks, fella. Love you. Love you too. Bye. Bye.